And it was good to see Judy back on the piano. And I looked over, and she was sitting on a book. And I said, that's kind of precious. <laughs> kind of precious. Except for it was a hymn book, and that might not be good. I don't know. But anyway, let's see here where I am. Let's see. Yeah, Okay, very good. All right, good deal. Like I said, i got to get my head screwed on right now and get going. Okay, so here's the deal. This morning's message, I pray, was a really big blessing to you. But I understand also for some of us, no, for some of you, it's really hard to grasp. It's really hard to imagine that God is enamored with us. I told someone at the door that even in creation, when God created this heavens and the earth and all of that, and including us, he said it is good, I said, but he didn't dance over it. And when it comes to us, God loves us so much, he dances over over us. He rejoices over us with gladness. And the reason why is this great, incredible love that he has for us. And buried in Isaiah 55, now again, David chose uh, Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, and we're going to use that for the tail end, but I thought it'd be a nice uh, tie-in tonight to go ahead and start Isaiah 55, one, uh, starting verse number 1, and then we'll do like four, four verses, and we'll skip down just a little bit, because again, for time's sake, for the verses. But in Isaiah 55, it's just a really, really good scripture about God's wonderful plan of redemption. It's just amazing, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping, if nothing else, that you could get amazed all over again at just how wonderful um, it is. Now, in Isaiah chapter 55, verse number 1, there's this great invitation, and the prophet simply says, come. Actually, God says, the prophet is writing, he says, come, and then look who he includes, everyone. Everyone. I still find that amazing. Now, there's some of us, okay, who realize we're really not too bad, and we understand how God invited us, because we're pretty good, tongue-in-cheek, tongue-in-cheek, tongue-in-cheek. But then there are people we go, there ain't no way those people deserve salvation. Well, guess what? Look around the room. There ain't nobody here who deserves salvation. Amen? He invites everyone, though, to come to his wonderful grace, to come to his salvation. That's how vast and how deep and how wonderful this great love is. So he says to everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And then he says this, and he who has no money. Now, Tim really understands this because we do occasionally eat out together. And, and, and it's kind of a standing thing that I never pull my wallet out. Because have you figured out yet? I'm going I'm to help someone here tonight. If you pull your wallet out, they expect you to pay. You leave that dude in your pocket and sit on it. That's right. And if it's in your pocket, they get the message. You know, no, just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. But anyway, so, but often, and matter of fact, let me just show you all right now. I'll just prove it to you. Here, see, I've got my debit card, my MasterCard, my other debit card. And there's my driver's license. I got my FOI card. I got some credit cards back here. And I think this is, yeah, I think, huh? <laughs> now, now, Terry, don't get in my illustration here. I wonder what that, oh, that's my senior pass for the parks, okay? But I want you to see right in there. You see anything? Well, there's some paper here. That's receipts, but there ain't no money. Okay, so this is good news for people like me because it says, come everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, he who has no money. So, so God invites us to the store, okay, and he says, leave your money at home because it's no good here. He says, 
he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. And the amazing thing is that God offers this salvation and it's priceless and we can't pay for it because it's already been paid for. God did it through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and again, no crowd is too big. No crowd is too big. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. No crowd is too big, and the invitation can never be too big for everyone to come. Don't bring your money. Don't bring your good works. Don't bring your religion. Don't bring your baptism. Don't bring your best efforts. Don't bring your performance. Leave that junk at home. Come and experience the amazing grace that that God offers to every person who's willing to receive it. And he says it's without money and it's without price because the price has been paid. I love when I get the opportunity to share salvation with a child. And I always take them to their birthday or to Christmas. And I tell them that, you know, when you have a birthday or you have Christmas, then, then they have gifts and those gifts have your name on it. And not one time does anyone ever give you a gift and then say, now would you please pay for it? It's free. It, because it, I said, someone had to pay for it, just not you. And someone had to pay for our salvation, it just wasn't us. Don't let that grow old. Don't let that grow old. Relish that moment. Over in, in Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 6. And just, you know, whoever's hungry and thirsty. You know, Jesus said, on the Beatitudes said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness because they will be filled. If you're hungry and thirst for religion, you won't be filled. If you're hungry and thirst for some kind of affirmation through good works, you won't be filled. But those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. And when Jesus was talking to a woman who was living with a man at a well, and they had that great conversation over in John chapter 4, and Jesus said to her and said, said, everyone who drinks from this water, the water from the well, will get thirsty again. But whoever drinks from the water, now don't go past this, Whoever drinks from the water that I give him will never get thirsty again. And by the way, if you find yourself getting thirsty over and over again, you've gone back to the wrong well. Can I say it again? If you find yourself thirsty and thirsty and thirsty, then you've gone back to the wrong well. Because Jesus says, when you drink from the well that I have, from the water I have, you don't thirst. And if you're sitting there and, and you find yourself desirous of things, you're saying, I'm just not satisfied, I'm just not satisfied, I'm just not satisfied, you've gone back to the wrong well. You've gone back to the well of the world, which never satisfies. Keep drinking from the well of Jesus. Keep drinking from this water. Um, he'll never get thirsty again. In fact, the water I give him will become a well of water springing up in him for eternal life. Now listen, I know just like, We'll understand it better by by. And David, when we get down to Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, where he says, my ways are higher than your ways, this makes no sense. Think about it. I mean, come on. If you were God and, and we messed up the world, you probably would do what God did the first time with Noah. You know, he saved eight and killed the rest. Uh, you know, God probably, God had no logical reason besides love to keep and offer redemption for this world. It made no sense for him. It's beyond understanding, our understanding, why he would send his one and only son to die a gruesome, horrible death on a Roman cross, Terry, that we could come in a relationship. It doesn't make any, stand, any sense. And God says, I know you don't understand, 
but you'll understand it better by and by. And I'm so glad we can understand what wonderful grace that is. I, I found a table. I was thinking of a song that David um, has let's sing a couple of times, which again, one of those new songs that has such incredible words. And it mentioned to the table, uh, leave your stuff behind and come to the table. And I didn't find that one, but I found another one by the group Mercy Me. It's one of our contemporary Christian artists. And it really has some good words also. And it really reinforces the idea of come everyone let me read the verse again. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. If you have no money, come, buy, eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Listen to these great words. It's good. We all start on the outside, the outside looking in. This is where grace begins. We were hungry. We were thirsty with nothing left to give. Oh, the shape that we were in, just when all hope seemed lost, love opened the door for us. He said, come to the table. Come join the sinners who have been redeemed. Take your place beside the Savior. Now sit down and be free. Come to the table. And then, this is the best part, I think, just come to the table. To the thief, to the doubter, to the hero and the coward. To the prisoner and the soldier, to the young and the older, all who hunger, all who thirst, all the last and all the first, all the paupers and the princes, all who fail, you've been forgiven. All who dream, all who suffer, all who loved and lost another, all the chained and all the free, all who follow, all who lead. Anyone who's been let down, all the lost you have been found. All who've been labeled right or wrong, everyone who hears this song, just come. Come to the table. Oh, yes. Come join the sinners. You have been redeemed. Take your place beside the Savior. Just sit down and be free. Now, that's the message we've got to get out. That's the message we've got to get out. We've got to get the message to this world that that invitation from a God who loves them is there. It's there. It's there. And we need to do that by example and by word. The next verse, verse number two, says this. Speaking to the world, really speaking to Israel in a, in a back sudden state, to be candid with the scriptures. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Now, you understand that's what the world's doing. There has never been a more self-satisfying world than today. We are taught, you, know, you deserve a break today. Um, you know, it's all about you. And, and we, if you watch television, I am convinced. They've almost got me convinced I need to buy a Subaru. <laughs> feel the love, baby. Feel the love. I'm going, I'm going to buy me a Subaru, and I'm going to feel love all over. It's just going to happen. You know, they're great in their salesmanship. It's amazing how well they are selling. And, and they sell this to a world. And we know the truth, Bill. But, but, but we get confused, too. Excuse me. But we do a better job sometimes of selling religion in church than we do Jesus. And they're not the same. They're not the same. We have got to get the word out that there's a Savior who died for them and loves them. And God offers the invitation for redemption to come home, to come back home. He goes on and says this, Listen diligently to me, the urgency there. Listen diligently to me and eat what is good. Delight yourself in the rich food. The rich 
food. You know, we've got to tell the world, quit settling for scraps. We know, you know, we know that in the world, that's what it is. It's scraps. It's, it's not even second best. It's somewhere down the line. And we've got to teach them, don't settle for scraps. You know, the other Lazarus, not the one that Jesus raised from the dead, but the other Lazarus, you know, that, that rich man and Lazarus. And he, I remember saying there, he would settle for, he would long for the scratch from the rich man's table. And that's kind of what the world does. They'd be satisfied with the scraps from the rich man's table. But ultimately, we know Lazarus in heaven discovered what? Abraham's bosom. And he went from eating and desiring scraps to eating delight yourself in rich food. In rich food. Hey, what Christ offers is rich food. What Christ offers, religion is scraps. Religion is scraps. Jesus is rich food. Are you understand what I'm saying? Okay, grab a hold of that. Grab a hold of that, all right? Verse 3, he says, Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live. And I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. Now, again, he's speaking in the, in the big context, the immediate context of the, the covenant between Israel and God. But we also know that at the Lord's Supper, Jesus said, I want you to drink. This is my blood. I want you to drink this. This is the new covenant. And just like he speaks here of an everlasting covenant, I want you to understand something, that the covenant that God offers to the believers today through his grace is an everlasting covenant. You can't lose it. You can't lose it. You didn't earn it. You couldn't pay for it. And God gave us a gift, and he will not take it back. He cannot take it back. It would violate his character. It would violate his character. So, so he says, you know, come, incline your ear to me. I want to make an everlasting covenant with you. So seek the Lord while he may be found. Seek the Lord while there's time. You know, I, I know that, I really believe that applies to, um, that applies to lost folks. You know, there's a scripture that we may take out of context sometimes where it says, my spirit will always strive with man. But the truth is, we come to God on God's terms and not ours. You know, it scares me every time I hear somebody say, well, you know, I'm going to sow my wild oats and then I'll talk about God. You come when God calls you. No man comes to the Father unless he's drawn by the Spirit. And the time to come is when God is calling. Not when you think it's the right time. And besides that, there's that clock. I thought again about those two precious twin girls and that mama. Had no idea they're going to be earning eternity. And they were how old? 14? 14 years old. No idea. And incline your ear. Now's the time. Seek the Lord while he may be found. While today is today. Call upon him while he is near. I love this. Let the wicked forsake his way. That's repentance. You know, we have to acknowledge the fact that we have sinned against holy God. We are sinners. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And we have to be able to turn from that sin. We, we have to be careful in Africa because what Africans like to do is add Jesus to their God list. You know, they, they, they like their gods and they like to add Jesus. We want to make sure they understand that Jesus is exclusive, that he's not a God on your list. He is the list. That was pretty good. He is the list. And we got to make sure, again, we understand that. And so we, we understand that, that we turn from our sin and we choose to follow Christ. Repentance. 
turning from our sin. And we make that commitment to follow him the rest of our lives. So let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. We change even the way we think. Let him return to the Lord. Let the prodigal come home that he may have compassion on him and to our God. You know why? Because he will abundantly pardon. He will abundantly pardon. And that's God. Pat, that's God. That's what he did for us. That's a good place for an amen. I, I know this is, I know I'm talking to the Sunday night crowd and y'all been saved 600 years, but we, we all get excited about it. That's what he did for us. He abundantly pardoned us and will abundantly pardon any man, woman, and child who comes to him in salvation, in, in requesting of salvation. It's amazing. So then we finally get to David's verse. David, Nave. You know, and here's, and again, the ama- this is the amazing part of grace because keep in mind, God is calling Israel back into covenant, back in the covenant. And in New Testament terminology, he's calling the lost into covenant with him, okay? And it's so mind-boggling, and honestly, if you think about it very long, it's mind-boggling for us. Here's what it says. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Hopefully sometime this morning while I was preaching, and I hope you didn't stay there too long, but you're going, Dwayne, this doesn't make any sense. How could a creator God be so enamored with me? I, I don't get that. You know, imagine, imagine the most stunningly beautiful woman you can imagine. Have you got that picture in your mind? Whoever comes to mind, get that. And then imagine a guy who's really looks challenged. I'm trying to be kind here, okay? Now, we would fully understand when the guy who looks challenged, who's not very attractive, not very handsome, and he would go, I can't believe she chose me. I just, the most beautiful girl in the world, and I can't believe she chose me. We understand that, and that's why our worship is easy in one way. Because we look at God and say, God, I can't you believe you chose us. How incredible is that? But what's mind, I mean, that's logical. What's mind-boggling is when this beautiful woman looks at this very homely man and says, I can't believe he chose me. That doesn't make sense. Well, here is, we're the homely man. We're the broken sinner and, and so desperate in need of God. And we look at God and say, God, I can't believe you chose me. And then we've got God over here going, yes, and I rejoice over you because you are mine. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that wonderful to think about? That's how it is. And that causes God to have to say, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways. Because God would say, I know you wouldn't do it this way. You know, we would say about Tom Seipel. God, I wouldn't do it this way. And God would say, I know you wouldn't do it this way. You know, our friends in Florida, the Peacock situation, all of those we'd say, but God, I wouldn't do it that way. He goes, I know. But my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. It makes no sense. Calvary makes no sense. Wiping the earth, wiping the hard drive and starting over, that makes sense to us. Not this grace thing. Aren't you glad his thoughts are higher than our thoughts? And his ways and our ways. Amen, amen, amen. You know, two scriptures, love these scriptures. Two scriptures. 
One is from John eleven three, and you know this very well. This is the death of Lazarus. Now listen to it like the first time. And we're just going to pick up a little section of it. So the sisters, Mary and Martha, sent a message to him, Jesus. Here's what the message said. Lord, the one you love is sick. That was the message. The one you love is sick. So when Jesus heard it, he said, this sickness will not end in death, but is for the glory of God, so the Son of God may be glorified through it. That is such a key thought. So the Son of Man may be glorified through it. Now, for clarification, because what he's fixing to say makes no sense. Now, Jesus loved Martha, her sister Mary, and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, when Jesus heard Lazarus was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Now you just ponder that for a while. Ponder that just for a moment. Lord, the one you love is sick. This sickness will end in death, but it's for the glory of God. And then he loves them. He loves them, and he doesn't move. He stays put. You know why? Because his ways are higher than our ways. And his thoughts than our thoughts. You need to burn that. You need to tattoo that on your hand. I don't have any tattoos. But you need to get some paint and tattoo that on your hand. Because we are just insisted on that, God, we've got to understand. We've got to know why you do everything. You better get ready to beat your head against the wall. Because that's just not yours to know. That's just not yours to know. He may choose to reveal it sometimes, but often he does not. This thing with Tom, I don't know why. But he's sovereign. He's sovereign. And I'll guarantee this, Romans 8, 28, I could take a moment and look it up my Bible, but it's still printed in the pages of my Bible that all things work together for good to those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Not all things are good, but God brings good and glorifies his name through all things because he's God. Guarantee you. How about John chapter 9, verse 1? As he was passing by, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, Jesus answered. This came about. Now, don't miss. You help me if I'm wrong. But it certainly appears God allowed the blindness in this man's life for this very reason. This came about so that God's works might be displayed in him. This man was born blind so that one day Jesus would be walking by. They would ask a question and Jesus said, He didn't sin. His mom and daddy didn't sin. It's there so God may be glorified in him. And he goes, go wash in the pool of slime. And he could see. He could, is that making sense? Nope. Sure doesn't. Is it true? Absolutely. Absolutely. God's ways are higher than our ways. God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He doesn't take vacations. There are, time, there are not times, there are not times when he's overwhelmed. There's not times when God, when Satan pulls an ambush and, oops, God didn't see it coming. You know, God never says, gee, that never occurred to me. That was supposed to be a little bit funny. 
I need your help there. <laughs> By the way, I told a joke this morning. I don't know if y'all grabbed that or not, but that's unusual for me. But anyway, are you getting this? My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And all I wrote down in my little sermon sheet was, thankfully, amen. Because if, God, if I understood God all the way, he'd be a pretty small God. And frankly, I like having a God so big, I can't understand it. So he finishes up with this. And this simply says, whatever God says he does. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, making it both bring forth uh, and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word that goes from my mouth, it shall not return to me empty. It shall shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. God is accomplishing his purpose in this world. God is accomplishing his purpose in your life and in my life. The steps, you remember, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and God delights in that path. And even if I fall, I will not be utterly cast down because he upholds me with his strong hand. So God's ways are higher than our ways. Sometimes he does things we do not understand and we will not be privy to that information until we get to heaven. And then I believe we will know. But we do not understand always here and often we do not understand here. But perhaps the greatest mystery of all is this wonderful grace where God extends to every man, woman, and child the opportunity to come into relationship. The opportunity to come into relationship with Him by grace, through faith, in Jesus Christ. And that there Salome word fits right there. What do you think of that? Let's pray together. Pretty amazing stuff if you think about it. And you may have wanted to push back tonight and say, ah, His way than our ways. It's just amazing. So tonight we have a time of decision, and you may want to come and pray. You may want to pray right there where you are. If there's any business you need to take care of with God, I'll be glad to try to guide you with that. If, if you heard enough tonight and you've never trusted Christ, and tonight that's something you need to do, I'll be glad to help you with that. Um, just anything I can help with, that'd be cool. But I think the call tonight is, is to appreciate the mystery of the gospel to appreciate the mystery of the gospel. Come to the store, leave your money at home because it's already been paid for. Come to the store, leave your money at home, it's already been paid for. God, thank you for that. Thank you that we did not have to try somehow to to pay for redemption because we could not. We not only would have come woefully short, we couldn't even begun. But then you sent Jesus, and he paid the price. The payment for sin was death, and he died on a Roman cross. Enduring your wrath, your full wrath, that we could have forgiveness. How amazing is that? So Lord, help us to appreciate the fact 
that the gospel story is bigger than we can understand. Thank you for that. And for those times in our life when often they're tragic and they're hard and we don't understand, help us. Please help us to trust you. Thanks, God, for these folks who've come out tonight. This is your time with us. In Jesus, I pray in your name.